0: Hello and welcome to the Simmons and Simmons 10-minute briefing on the key Brexit and regulatory updates we are seeing in Germany. My name is Lina Menge and I'm a, an associate in the Frankfurt office. Today I'm going to be interviewing Jochen Kindermann, a partner in our Frankfurt office, to get his insights into the Brexit and regulatory updates he is seeing. How are UK firms preparing for post-Brexit access?
1: Now, actually, Lena, you know, this is a very interesting question, and uh, I don't think that there is an answer that uh, would really provide, uh, provide a complete overview. I mean, the approach that UK firms took in this context varied quite substantially. The starting point was uh, to determine what kind of business the relevant UK firm actually carried out in the EU and how the prospects look like And obviously also where the largest footprint in the EU was. And that led to quite different decisions regarding the next steps. What was in the beginning particularly interesting was the fact that those players who actually made uh, probably the most efficient use of the EU legislation regarding passporting were now in a certain disadvantage because they usually wound up their existing licensed subsidiaries in the EU and uh, installed uh, branches in various EU jurisdictions. And as we all know, the passport regime will quite likely, um, after uh, a hard Brexit, not work anymore. So in other words, these entities had to think about uh, next steps in terms usually of expanding either their existing hubs in the EU but if they simply didn't have one to kind of uh, set up completely new structures in the EU. So consequently, the the trend that existed before uh, the Brexit to set up uh, slimmer and slimmer organizations throughout the EU converted now in a certain way in the complete contrary, and we have seen a number of new entities uh, in the meantime here in the German market. What was in this context uh, obviously also interesting was the difference between the setup and structures that banks chose and the decisions that bank took in this context uh, versus what asset managers and Mifid firms uh, decided. Uh, For asset managers, obviously, the uh, situation regarding their business is different. So, either depending on the size of the business in the EU, they've simply decided to set up a new platform in the EU. So, uh, a new regulated entity. And uh, not very often, to be honest, asset managers chose Germany in this context. Or… And that was also interesting, uh, some still rely on a decision regarding equivalence, which uh, obviously in the meantime has become a bit more unlikely to say probably the least here in this context. Uh, then, again, if you had, for example, SLO, um business setups in the EU, the decision was made to simply rely on reverse solicitation, which we still see from a German perspective as a, as a niche concept because it creates substantial risks when it comes to the question whether the actual business was really based on reverse solicitation or not. And then, and this is a particularly interesting development throughout the last month, we saw that several EU countries offered now uh, national regimes or national exemptions from licensing requirements, at least for a certain period like Italy, Spain, um, and I think Denmark, uh, actually in Germany, we also have an exemption regime, but that uh, was not really utilized or not, uh, was not really successful simply because the BaFin was quite restrictive in light of the ongoing um, discussions around the trade agreement. After this initial phase came to an end, so in other words, we set up the structures, it became a little bit more quiet. Um, and obviously, throughout the whole process, with the further prolongations or the various time that the decision was was further prolonged, um, the, um, the strategies and the emphasis on Bringing these new structures to life uh, was obviously a little bit uh, um, postponed or at least reduced. So what we currently or what we had until more or less beginning of this year is often uh, newly set up structures, which were in a certain way empty because uh, the decision to move substantial parts of the business to Germany um, have simply been postponed and this has now changed throughout the last weeks as you can assume with the various decisions that amongst others your parliament took and the likelihood that we will really end up in a hard Brexit situation now and this means now the steps um, are being implemented to, to bring these structures, these existing structures to life. And this is exactly what we are doing currently, and that raises obviously also a number of new questions uh, like dual heading, et cetera. And I'm sure that we will see further developments and probably also regulatory guidance in the course of the next month when, in particular, these uh, questions will really become practical and have to be decided in a certain way. That's, so to say, in relation to the uh, current situation.
0: Yeah, that sounds very interesting. Um, Could you maybe explain us how local clients of UK firms are dealing with service continuation?
1: Again, this uh, depends obviously on the exposure these these German entities have in relation to uh, the relevant UK firms. Um, As nearly expected, I mean, for a large German DAX company, it's not an issue to deal with uh, UK documentation, etc. For them, it is much more important that the uh, processes continue and uh, some of the typical uh, questions and legal issues that uh, come up when uh, you would have to change it, that these can be avoided. So for larger um, clients, in a certain way, uh, the decision was often simply to rely on the structures as they are in in a certain way. We sometimes had the feeling they simply ignore uh, the decision uh, regarding the Brexit. For others, the situation is obviously different and often also for the banks. The decision was much more complicated because due to the regulatory changes, they are in a certain way required to move the existing clients to the new Uh, platform uh, which they set up uh, in in, in Germany or in other EU countries and that um, was a burdensome process because uh, it it required simply a full repapering of the client. It was not just um, the move of a client from, from, from country A to country B but due to the fact that we have a new legal entity the whole setup had to be recreated And this means a burdensome process on both sides, so on the side of the clients and on the side of the of the banks or the asset managers. And uh, we learned in this context that obviously there's a huge interest on both sides to keep this repapering procedure as slim as as possible, which in some uh, ways will, in the future, in my view, also lead to uh, further issues because if you take a pragmatic approach and you try to avoid all the formalities that are generally required then uh, the question is obviously to what extent uh, will you be able to rely on these scenarios uh, in the future if it should come to to uh, to a crisis so again we see in an, an area where we will will in my view uh, see further developments also in the future ongoing developments
0: Thank you, Jochen. Could you also explain us what are the significant legislative developments in the pipeline for Germany?
1: Yeah. Yes. Of course. Again, what you should probably have on the radar that that we are not just in Germany dealing with Brexit-related questions so the world in a certain way, and the decision-making processes regarding the businesses continues one huge area and this obviously affects all those that have a new platform here in Germany is uh, usually when we change the so-called mr risks, the minimum requirements for risk management this is an area which deals with the internal organization um, of banks and therefore has a, a substantial effect and as you all know uh, the eba guidelines regarding outsourcing have been amended they will go into the uh, new and amended mr risk and Will, from that perspective, not only apply to banks, but quite likely to any other uh, market participant in the EU. And the same applies, by the way, to the EBA guidelines on the management of non-performing, of non-performing and deferred risk positions. Again, they um, will be part and become part of the MR risk. Another area is digitalization. This is a huge topic in the in the German environment. We saw a new license requirement around crypto custody business. We saw a change of the uh, requirements regarding the internal setup of IT for banks. Um, and that means this topic will um, will accompany us for quite some time. And what we should also not forget in this context is the implementation of the IFD-IFR um, that is a topic that in particular um, is relevant now because we have in Germany a draft for an implementation act. And this is uh, after consultation now or end of the consultation phase now really uh, becoming relevant and uh, has to be considered by all market participants. i just want to touch upon two further po- topics. I know that we are dealing uh, with this in other sessions as well. One is sustainable finance. This is a huge topic in the German uh, market here, and we deal, deal on all levels with this kind of, of topic. And the last one I would like to mention is uh, changes uh, on EU level, which obviously also have to be digested.
0: Thank you, Jochen. Um, Are there any themes which BaFin is prioritizing at the moment?
1: Yeah, definitely. I mean, uh, BaFin every year comes out with with an annual agenda, and what is on top of this agenda is digitalization, IT and cyber risk. And I don't have to remind you of our fantastic Wirecard case. Uh, and that means uh, digitalization uh, will remain on the radar, not only digitalization, but also Uh, general supervision or, to name the second key topic of the BAFIN here, the integrity of the financial system in Germany. And you can be sure that the uh, BAFIN will review whether the uh, setup and approach to uh, supervision will remain the same in light of the uh, Wirecard disaster. Probably we will also follow an FCA or the FCA approach Uh, with a more risk-oriented structure. And the two last points I at least like to mention is sustainable business models, uh, obviously driven by uh, low interest rate environment, etc. Bafin will check whether risk management procedures and uh, the risk-bearing capacity of banks is still fit for purpose. That's on the radar. And the last one I touched upon already which is sustainable finance again i will not go into the details here but this shows already that there's a lot on the agenda currently
0: thank you thank you for joining this podcast if you have any questions please don't hesitate to get in touch thanks